We are adults. <laughs> Want to see those geriatrics get their comeuppance? Are we Team Edward or Team Snowden? I hate you so much right now. Hello, welcome to the Mother Pixels podcast. This is our episode for Until Dawn. I am your host, Alberto Orejel-Malfavon. To my left, we have... Will Atkinson. Nate Stevens. Brian Pichuki. And Polly Kroll. Before we go any further, these podcasts are extremely spoiler-heavy. Be warned. Yeah, be warned. If you don't want it to get spoiled... Get out. Stop listening now, go play the game, which we will highly recommend, or at least I will, and come back and listen to this. To start off, our question for this podcast is, what is your favorite horror media and we'll start with will dead space what the what <laughs> we'll be skipping the next party <laughs> stolen jesus christ you can agree with me can i i don't want to fall in your tremendous shadow here i was just editing a podcast today where they were like what was it alberto picked something and you're like well i can't pick it now <laughs> I'm like those people that you know at restaurants who are like, I can't get the same thing this person gets. And I'm like, why? But I'm totally that way about this. That's, this restaurant sucks now. Everybody goes there. Right. Well, that definitely sucks like me. <laughs> Come back Dead to Space, you. the first one. Going back and forth between do I want to pick a movie or a game. Oh. I'll go with a movie. I'll go with The Shining. That that's, always that's is a good. classic. I also like Home Alone. It's not scary. That is movie. not a horror movie. <laughs> it it <laughs> is when you're six. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Uh, Shining's too. That like, furnace was pretty scary. Slow. Yeah, it was. Which one? The That's furnace the from Home Alone. This is gradual or fall into insanity. Silence of the Lambs. Or if you read the book, his alcoholism. That's true. true. That's where I was going with. I have no idea. I like so much scary movies and scary games. It's like kind of my wheelhouse. But I am gonna probably say something i regret later on but i guess i like the hellraiser movies a lot if i had to pick one probably hellraiser was that um, the one with lawnmower man seeker no the pinhead guy yes so i have these things munged in my mind it has I... pinhead in it and lawnmower is... man is something different yes okay that's lawnmower man is a movie yeah, i don't know if it's the same actor i don't remember that. lawnmower man <clears throat> is lawnmower man even a thing or did yes. you just have a Lawnmower weird Man is a scary <laughs> malaria virtual reality. <laughs> I thought okay. Pinhead was in Lawnmower Man. I could be completely wrong here. No. Yes, you are. All right, well, then, uh, Alberto. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time Will's been wrong. Uh, and it for, won't be the last. <laughs> for me, and I guess kindly, kind of apt for this game that we played, as we'll talk about a little bit later, the Until dawn. Uh, Hannibal Lecter series. Those are my favorite. Silence series? of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. Uh, I thought he was actually, I thought he was going to say Breaking Dawn. I thought he was going to Oh, I fucking hate <laughs> you. I hate you so much. Yes. Let's go ahead. Listeners, yes. I did the buy the Twilight series Edward just so I could finish watching them because the first one came on Netflix and I was really confused. The werewolf curious. was so scary because so. I didn't know who she was going to choose. Uh, are we Team Edward or Team Snowden? Or what, whatever the appropriate question is. <laughs> Jacob. Jacob. I think it's Edward ah, Snowden. Ah, so the you know. She also... That was Team a Edward test. Team <laughs> I told no. you it was and Jacob James almost. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was cer- certainly was not him. So yeah, the plot for this game convoluted. It's not really convoluted. No, not at all. Not at all. Not even a little bit. You start out the game. You're a year before when the bulk of the 
story is going to happen. Previously on Until Dawn. You're in Canada. Yes, yeah, so you're in Canada. You're in this mountain cabin way up in the mountains, obviously. Snow. <laughs> a mountain cabin <laughs> in the mountain? mountain? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, wait, 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 stop. Yeah, My mountain, mountain cabin floats in, in the cabin. Next you're going to tell me it was their winter cabin in it, the winter. It was, it was. That <laughs> is it like was. a cabin made of mountains in the mountains? <laughs> no. Like a log cabin. No, it's a cabin made of winter. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. I would like to stay in a cabin made of mountains. It'd be cool. It'd be cool. It'd be pretty rocky. It would be. Um, I, I played that. That was God of War three. Oh God! There you go. All right, you win. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> so you're out there with a group of other friends. Who's you? I don't even yeah, know who, who is you General is. You. So there are a bunch of characters. General the twins. <laughs> yes. General You. General. General You reporting for duty. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, racist. All right. Are you going to get us through this plot or you need somebody else to... to Major racist. You need to call <laughs> Major racist, call Marty. Marty General you. So right. it starts with the prank. Yes, it starts with the prank. So there are two twin sisters up there, Hannah and Beth. Beth is not the most popular. She has this big crush on this guy named Nathan Matt. Drake. Eh. Hannah. That's the one that has the crush. Beth is ben, the other one. It's a crush sorry, on my bad. Yeah, sorry. completely switching around. Well, yeah. actually. Just say Hannah. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. Actually. 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 Hannah's the one that's not too liked by... Well, not necessarily disliked, no, it's not that she's just kind of awkward. She's just a boring bad She has a character. huge crush on She's Mark. a woodworking crew member. issues. But anyway, they go out to this cabin, and they decide to pull a prank on her, where <laughs> the guy, Mike, sets up a letter that invites her to a room to go... Make out engage with so. him physically. Engage. And they all go and they hide in the room as she shows up. And they are going to basically film this and kind of embarrass her about it. She runs out. I don't out. get with the... Well, I guess she was getting naked. Yeah. yeah, so yeah like, oh, she was she's to... taking off her shirt. Let's exactly. videotape it. No, the idea it. is that she got suckered by this guy. That she thought he would like someone so far out of his league. She, yeah, she, she has got a tattoo for him and everything. As you find we'll, later we'll in clues and like, you get to her yeah. room, you find out that she has this mega crush on me. We'll so. get to that. No, no, I'm just trying to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. your point about Four how hours from they're now. trying to embarrass her because they all know that she has this huge crush on her. Right. Like, huge crush on her. She's completely embarrassed. She runs out of the cabin, and they're all like, you're such a jerk. The sister Beth goes running after her to find where she is, and as she finally finds her, they hear some noise in the woods. They start running away from it. They reach a ledge. You see the screen turn red looking towards them. They fall off the cliff this guy shows up in the end they both fall off the cliff he is reaching down towards them trying to save them or kill them we don't know but we do find out right yep later. so they they fall they it fall hurts. and a year later they are invited back out to this what, cabin what, by who the, the people that died the listeners by the, the listeners. brother you're invited to alberta <laughs> please <laughs> please come join us we'll come be on a mountain cabin in the mountains it'll be <laughs> so the same group, and tomato mountains. The same, same group of people minus group, the dead chicks. Yes, the same group of friends minus the twins. Obviously, get invited back out by the brother of the twins, Josh, who's kind of creepy. Yes, and from a TV show. Yes, yes, Mr. Ruba. To party like porn stars. Exactly, party like porn stars. Quote unquote. As we go back out, you start playing as different characters. So there's Sam, who is most Not notably the cheerleader from. Heroes. Save so. the cheerleader. Save the world. Who is exactly. Hannah's best friend? Yes. Yes. Was it? Oh, wait. Was, was, right? was Hannah's best okay. friend? Was Hannah's best <laughs> friend? Yes. Sense. Then you also run into Chris, who's this handsome, very dashing guy. Looks kind of like Nate a little no, bit. Glasses. No. no. What? Wait. <laughs> 
Yes, yes, dear listeners. So if you ever wondered what Nate looked like, just look, just look at Chris Imagine and take off the glasses. Slightly uglier version of Chris. <laughs> that is me. We also have Emily, who is this kind of mm, little stuck up, for lack of a better word, looks like Olivia Munn, except less attractive. Formerly Mike's girlfriend, yes, yes. from the yep. prank. Important. Correct. Now um, Matt's girlfriend. Correct. Yes. Matt, Who's a who, yes, Matt is a jock. I mean, he seems sweet, but he's basically he just an athlete. He doesn't. That's it. Okay. He wears a Letterman jacket. Okay, all I was the time. Say, he the doesn't seem yeah. as jockey as Mike. It's like, they but don't make any any reference of him being a jock Ma- other than I'm wearing this Letterman. That jacket. is weird because yeah. Mike like, is just a like nice guy. the brave guy, and he does all the crazy, a lot more of the crazy thing. The Nathan Drake, jump, yeah, the Nathan yeah. Drake of of the game, but yet. Matt is supposed to be the jock, and Mike is supposed to be more just the yeah, over-all-around guy. It is weird. Then what? We also have, what was Ashley, who Ashley. is this Ashley Madison. redhead girl. Yep. Chris has a crush on her. And vice versa. Because he's got Vice good versa, taste. but they haven't really said anything to each other, so they're, they're just, just kind of like... Awkward, yeah. Unrequented love. They're, yeah. yeah, they can't express themselves to each other. <laughs> then we have Jessica, who is now the current girlfriend of Mike, uh, who was... She's just annoying as hell. I... Don't like her at all. She's she, a person. She, I she like comes off as like a cheerleader, yeah. annoying cheerleader. Oh, we know you liked her, Polly. Well, <laughs> well, the other time you guys wanted to get her down to brown panties. That so. I, hey, I, hey, am I missing anybody else? There are no other characters, right? Other than Josh, no. right? I think no, you got uh, it's a crazy to kind dude. Of say how each of the characters? Well, you got all the eight main characters. Wolf right. dude, right? Like we touched on a little Doctor bit. Doctor Peter Stormier, but I think they were all supposed to be like your typical horror movie or it was uh, all the archetypes. They were, they were the, yeah, totally. The all jock, the, the pretty boy, yep. the the black guy, nerd. Just or say it. your guy's dashing young Token nerd. Black guy. Yeah, um, the slut, the shy girl, the psychotic, the sporty killer. spice, and yeah, everything sporty nice. spice. Sporty. <laughs> nice. So anyway, you guys all come back up to the cabin. Mike and Jessica are kind of banished to Exiled. a side little outside side cabin. Cabin of banging out. Yeah. That's where we Weirdness. find our first person that gets taken away, Jessica. Right through the window and of the door. Definitely in third person, though. Yeah. It's pretty nasty. That kind of signals the series. Yeah, what kind of door has a window that's big enough to fit a person through it? Oh, it's, well, I mean, she has to be the way contorted. She, is yeah. she was folded bent. pretty well. <laughs> but like, like yoga up in that door. To, like, she was flexible. Move after that? Because there's parts where you see her. Well, I guess she was crawling. She doesn't really move all that much. Yeah. She moves there's pretty part spider-like. Where, where Mike sees her, you know, like in, the, in chapter four. Wait, yeah. after what six, happens? Six Alberto, hours tell us. later, she walks around a corner. I mean. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about in chapter four, where you see her like kind of like running away, and then she gets grabbed again at one point. But So that. That signals a series of just events that start happening. People are starting to get into situations where they could die left and right, depending on the choices that you make. You start finding Such out is that there is, you actually encounter walk, walk. this masked dude. Psycho killer. Yeah, he's subtitled as the psycho. Now you got the song in my head. I was just going to do the same thing. He has, he has set up a couple of scenarios where people have to make a decision or look at something or choose a certain act and that will choose someone else's fate it's a trap one example of them, notably is you have to choose to either kill chris i should kill say you have to kill or either... kill josh no. <laughs> well, well yes kill josh or ashley they're both set up there's this it's saw blade. choice doesn't matter what you choose josh ends up dying we so. tried it yeah we did 
It was kind of difficult funny. to try to kill Lashley. But anyway, later on, you... So the next notable part where they find out kind of what's going on, Chris and Ashley are sitting across the table where there's a gun in between the two of them, and there's a saw blade coming down from the ceiling to both of them, and basically he has to choose whether to kill himself or Ashley to stop the blades from going any further, or they both die. And you make a decision, depending on what you do, it'll change certain things, and after that happens, you find out Josh comes out and reveals himself behind the mask, and he's like, hey, you guys, this is <laughs> funny, like, blah, 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 like, you guys made fun of Hannah and made her feel embarrassed, this was great, and that's when Mike just gets pissed at Josh and says, you killed Jessica, and this is when Josh is like, hey, wait, what? What? I, what are you talking about? I did and now everyone's very confused as to what's going on. You end up hearing some... Because sorry, Josh mom. set sorry. up the whole house with scary things to scare people and made it seem like there's this psycho killer chasing him, which was actually him, where he had just sent Mike and Jessica Jessica out to the cabin to have a good time. He didn't mess with them very much at all, so he had no idea what happened to them. Right. So you go out into the mines to try to figure out what's going on and also the sanatorium. And you discover a bunch of cages that have a creature in it, which we later learn is called a Wendigo. A little bit later... Or a Maki Pichi Pichi Gucci. <laughs> I believe it was called a Gucci Gucci <laughs> fruit. A what? Oh, right. In that video. It's also revealed a little bit later that this guy who's walking around... Throughout the game, it kind of sets him up as, oh, this guy. The villain. This, yeah, this villain. Uh, not the psycho. Creepy welding goggles and a bandana over his mouth. And with he a sees and predator vision. Flamethrower. Yep. You find out that he's actually this guy a called Wendigo the Stranger. Hunter. And he's been out in the mountains to, yes, basically hunt the Wendigo. And he was, you find out through a video that he actually was there a year before. And what was actually chasing Hannah and Beth off the cliff was a Wendigo. He couldn't do anything to save them, but he killed the Wendigo at the top. Its spirit was released. And a little bit later, you find out that Hannah herself has become a Wendigo. And it's like it, there's a scene where you see about seven-ish other Wendigos, including Hannah. And she's just massively bigger than the others, which I don't really get how that worked. You either blow up the cabin with everybody in it, or you help people get out and not by like not moving. And, yeah, and yeah. You blow up the cabin in you flames. You help everybody by not moving. Classic boss try. fight. Yes, the mechanics of that boss fight were amazing. <laughs> no, like a scary game yeah. with scary things crawling all around you, and you not being able to move your hands an inch is is kind of neat. Yeah, it is cool. I, agree. I don't know if it's been done. So yeah, the cabin blows up. Help comes along the way and, and uh, everyone's story is depressing yeah yeah i guess yeah we'll start with mechanics the game has kind of a simplistic nature to it in terms of controls you walk you can walk around interact with stuff yeah you interact with everything through r2 and when you pick things up you can use the control pad to flip it over to kind of read the backside. that's how you find clues as to kind of moving along the story like as to what's happening and then certain I thought parts, it was interesting that the the items you pick up in the game are actually all handwritten text and things yeah, like that yeah they did a pretty good job with that and then mostly when certain events happen like big events like something's chasing you or something's some part of the environment's changing or something and you have to kind of escape you have a bunch of quick time events which are push either square triangle or circle and then there's other parts like berto was just saying where your main thing is to stay still and you just have to hold the controller absolutely still so that the light bar doesn't move it's kind of an interesting simplistic nature to it in that you don't really 
It's like heavy need rain to do with too less much? like yes. button acrobat, button Which yoga, I know and not holding uh, R2 to actually move. Yeah. Extreme hatred. Quite a bit simpler than... We don't play the game. The game... <laughs> plays you. Yeah. We, we kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, like that the whole don't move thing. Nate and I, when we were playing, and we actually kind of think, and it actually kind of seemed that... You didn't move, but then at times like, the game would actually, like, even no, if you yeah, weren't it's, moving... It's not a don't it would, move, it's a keep it centered. Yeah, like, it would kind of, like, move it a little bit so that you, like, even if you didn't do anything, you'd have to kind of readjust to stay within the actual yeah. bounds. Otherwise, you could just put it on the table and it would work, which works it most of the did time, work, but that's though. not the point. I'm a very shaky guy, and at the end of the game, I did have to put the controller on the table to win. So I would just in our experience, that works most of the time, like, but like sometimes to keep yeah. it steady. But um, I see what you're saying. Like there is a zone that you couldn't move out of. Right. And I suppose you could stay moving to stay in that zone, but it literally says don't move on the screen at all times. And it's pretty tight, that zone. So if you're moving, you're pretty much moving out of that zone. You have to completely correct yourself immediately. Like a very fine hand control. But that was interesting because that was the main part of the, the last cabin where you're... That I kind of thought was interesting because they made it very horror a classic thing where the monster in this case the wendigo is right up against your character and it's screaming at you sort of like how they do in aliens or you know any of the other things where they have this big monster and it you know it's attacking humans but i thought that didn't kind of work because you as the player of the game are separate so it's not screaming at me and there's nothing like right besides me in real life screaming at me so i'm like it didn't really get the effect of startling you or like making me any more jumpy than normal I disagree what? with so that. Me too. What? I'm new on this podcast, by the way. Paul Welcome. Here. I've listened to quite a few of your podcasts, and I've heard this kind of argument a lot, and I, I it's just that I don't sick agree of with it. <laughs> well, I showed up here to own this. Hulk I think smash. lots of games don't try to put you into it. It's more about you relating to the character, and if you care about that character, you can control them in a way that you want them to live or die. No, that, that's I'm not talking about. And these characters, I thought were, were very relatable and. I'm like, not talking about relatable. I, I didn't want I'm lots saying of that. Die. Yeah, I was the, the Sam the character act for of sure. Saying, for them saying, don't move, and we're going to make it the final thing. So we're going to make it harder because we're going to have the Wendigo right next to you, and it's going to turn and face your character, you know, in this case, Sam, and scream to make it that whole horror thing where it's so like the, right up against you, and it's going to get you. The context in this but, case is that they can't see. They only hear. Yes. yes. So if you don't move, well, no, they, they can't they see. Mo- they see motion. Yes, which is what you were talking about when you see the red screen. It's kind of right. like I don't know. If it's it's like their their motion, version you know? of predator vision yes. is right. motion. But what I'm so saying, like it was. What I was meaning T-Rex. is that they had done something more, like maybe they rumble the controller or something, make it more jittery to the player. Because I didn't feel that that was any different than any of the normal, any of the other don't move situations. I, I understand what you're saying, but I didn't want Sam to die so much that I wanted to not. I move. didn't either. I'm right. just saying if like, in games the, the final act is always the toughest to do whatever the mechanics are well, but, but I didn't find that anymore I'm not complaining I'm just saying it was interesting that I didn't find it any harder to do the final act than games I don't have to be first. a skill and it could be that you weren't as freaked out by it like I thought that like, it being right in her face screaming at her was making me more nervous like I said I had okay. to put the controller Maybe. down that's interesting to me because I didn't have that and also one thing that they were doing which I thought was really cool Nate and I were watching one of the videos when we were playing it the first time that they before in development they would get people like test people to come out and oh, yeah. measure their reactions of all their focus groups were recorded if you yeah. watch the so they have bonus content on the Nintendo on, wait, wait, wait. Vital, Vital Vita Vita the Nintendo Vita, what my favorite <laughs> desktop system. Wasn't it the Nintendo Vita? <laughs> the uh, I know the what you're talking clip? about. 
Uh, what was the name of the Nintendo thumb clip? I don't was remember the, the name. Board? It's like the Vita or the Vital or the... I have no idea. Vitality the... sensor. Yeah. Yes. That thing. <laughs> no, they actually, what they used, they have like, it was almost like a smartwatch. So if you watch, they have a, like the... Um, yeah. So they in have videos case. in the game and you unlock them as you play the game. And one of them was the... Just they, like they call it the, uh, the science of fear. They actually showed what Nate was talking about where they have like this, they, they would bring in... They uh, measure the vitals. People, they, like... they're... I guess a, a British they? company, yeah, super, yeah, yeah. Uh, super massive. They could bring in uh, some of the peasants because all the guys were Brit- speaking British accents, and they were bringing just random people, and they would play like a like a scene, and they had like this wristwatch that they they wrapped around their arm, and it would measure your sweat level because apparently I guess the more fear you have, right, it measures your vibe. You would have more sweat, like a scientific. So they would know like what scenes were working and what stuff wasn't working. Yeah, and they'd workshop from there. Yeah. So Brian Brushwood has one of these, uh, like bar tricks. Nobody knows who that is. Sorry, who is that? He is a comedian guy on the internet with podcasty-like things. Oh, he's PewDiePie. Got it. Uh, the link is already game? going to be in the show notes. The link will be in the show notes if you'd like to refer to it. Oh, thanks. I didn't Are know. you talking about Nevermind or is this something else? Something else. All right. All right, so he's got this bar trick where he like has the other person hold a piece of string above his hand and it's got like a little penny tied on the bottom and he's like I'm going to move it in a circle now and like the subconscious message he puts in like just the idea that you're going to move it in a circle is enough for the tiny little motions that a person needs to make it move in a circle and then he's like I'm going to move the rocket back and forth and like the other person holding the string will do it it's kind of the reason I bring it up is it's kind of the same way with the don't move you're like hold it still but the fact that I'm holding it and trying not to go up means I'm going to kind of go down yeah (laughs) right so Uh, yeah actually yeah I was a big fan of it, and like, like even when it was either like third person or not, the fact games now that are starting to put stuff like this in there. Yeah, there's yeah, a but, there's a game. What I was referencing, never mind. There's a game on Kickstarter where it's a biofeedback horror game. Nice. So they actually That's monitor awesome. your heart rate, and if you're freaking out, it gets worse. So you yeah. have to actively calm yourself down to survive in the game. I, think, I would just, uh, <laughs> so would just sweet. Be like you're terrified. Major Nelson yeah. was talking about them wiring up some people and then doing some racing thing and he's like yeah it's kind of counterproductive and it's like you have to be like a psychopath to win the game <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> no yeah. emotion that's gonna be like a new thing the government does is like okay we're gonna find psychopaths uh, anyone who platinums this game we're going to their palace <laughs> <laughs> Brian yeah is the need strong enough Brian? <laughs> I thought one of the coolest mechanics in this game is in addition to all the quick time events there's also in order to choose dialogue options or sometimes when you're running through yeah. the forest to go left or right yeah you just move the stick in one direction or the other like it'll be like find the safe path or the fast path and the one's the left one's the right you just hold the stick in that direction and a circle fills up with like an action icon and when it fills up that choice is confirmed but i think the coolest thing about that is when you're seeing dialogue choices it'll go to like a third person camera where you're looking at your character's face and you let's say like be honest or be a dick okay well (laughs) sorry it's focused on your face it's like the camera's up close just looking at will's fucking handsome mug and it's like is will gonna be a dick or is he gonna be honest and if you pick honest which is on the left like you start holding the stick in that direction, your character looks at that option in space. Yeah, like yeah, it's like they, they're considering it. It's really played out really well. Yeah, they use that for the what they call the butterfly effect, which is also used in other media. I've seen it in TV shows and the movies movie and, called and, the butterfly effect. I've yep. never seen that. Unrelated. <laughs> the butterfly effect, but sure. Right? Yeah, that's where it all uh, came from. 
It didn't. It didn't come from there. Yes, it did. It came from the movie. <laughs> it's not a philosophical concept in any way. Um, not at all. You know, so they use it so where your choices, as, as Nate was saying, like have consequences. So you pick, okay, I'm going to go in the safe path, but that means you go slower. So you have a chance you may get caught or you may not save the person you're running after. But it was interesting because I, no- I noticed, and this was kind of what we touched on when, in our Walking Dead episodes, where a lot of the choices you made may have affected certain things, but ultimately... A lot of the paths are set. There are certain choices where you can have characters die or not. Yeah, and but they, but a lot of the choices don't have. I just didn't give a shit major, in this game. Yeah, that's what I mean. The, like a lot of because a lot of it didn't. It wasn't that. It's effective. an illusion of choice. Yeah, to an degree. In the it's opening. less of it than lots of. It's getting better. Yeah, it is definitely better. In this game, there's more choice. It's you much, can obviously kill people early on and things yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, you can have in this game. You can have everybody die, nobody die, or any combination of the there eight. Was, but there's either way, it's entertaining. Yeah. A lot of stuff, like trying to kill Ashley. No matter what you do, you have killed Josh instead. Yes, or, that's what I mean. Like, which is yeah. an interesting Or there's scene. stuff like breaking into the... Well, each of the characters had like a, a major point where they could die, but there's other ports where you thought, okay, this choice will kill them, but then, like you said... Somehow they like, get out of it, Oh, yeah. it, the rail path for the saw will always go to Josh. Sometimes so, a quick yeah. time event will kill you, and sometimes it doesn't matter at all. That yes. too, too, yeah. Like, I purposely, when I was trying to kill... People Which is the, the trophy to kill everybody? I would purposely fuck ev- up every quick time event, and it didn't matter. They still, after stumbling through everything, still got through fine. The interesting thing about this argument is that it only really starts to matter on your second playthrough. I think, mm-hmm. unless there's a lot of cases where you think like you make a bad choice and that should kill someone, and it clearly doesn't. That would start to break the butterfly effect. Yeah, even okay. before. I, I see what you're saying because but like the first time you don't really know that it's not having the effect. It's only when you realize when you know the story and you know what happens exactly. that you realize, oh yeah, my choices really didn't have that as much effect as I thought they were having. So at the beginning of this game, there's a big, fancy, long cinematic that very dramatically presents the like the choice system of the game as something they call the butterfly effect, and it's like this elaborate close-up view of the veins in a butterfly's wing, and like this Boom. like light butterfly going down effect. and branching into paths, and it's like, the choices you make will affect this game. Yeah. Pay and if you were checking dumbass. out the girl's tits in the front row, then you too wouldn't have been my best friend. Well, no, that's sorry. Was that that's, a reference? No, Chris uh, <laughs> talks about when he because it's introduced twice in the your cinematic, and then also in the storyline, he actually says, "Boom, butterfly effect." Yeah, and that's what, what Will's referencing. Uh, oh, thank you, Will. I I didn't pay attention to this game at all. No, he, he was referencing it. the game. I like talking about. Oh, but the yeah, it's what, a hidden the, reference. The, the book. Oh, the hidden reference to the actual thing. <laughs> the actual Man, thing. I never would have caught that. What I was going to say is it's almost the case where, given my previous theory that it really only affects you in s- subsequent playthroughs, it's almost like the amount of effort they put into displaying the amount of choice you have kind of determines your impression of how much choice you have. Like in a Telltale game, it kind of warns you in the top right, hey, choices like this in the future might affect something maybe, kind of, sort of. <laughs> cool, right? But not really. It made it feel like there were more right. branches. And I think that's a big important part of these choice-driven games is how much it makes you feel like the choices matter. Yeah. And this one does a pretty good job, but I think a lot of that's that big, super dramatic opening butterfly swings, which is totally a flawed metaphor, right? Because there should only be one starting point. Well, instead yeah, of yeah. Four, of, it depends instead on of four, like the butterfly picture actually shows. Yeah, it depends on how you think about it. Because if you care about the dialogue in the games, it could change drastically based on your choices in the game. Yeah, the, that's both true. this and Walking Dead. There's the whole fate argument in philosophy. If you can change the outcome of anything by your actions, yeah, these that, games I, could be 
using that as a convenient way to not make that is thousands of branching storylines. That's definitely. I feel like that also kind of helps set the player up to play this game how they wanted you to feel. If you go into this game and are just like, oh, well, whatever I do here isn't actually going to make any difference. You're not going to be immersed in it as right, it I lends, feel. Yeah. yeah, they definitely tried that. It and I weight. think the fact that you had those multiple possible outcomes who actually lives allows your choices to have more effect than say like where the, the walking dead where there's not nearly the amount of possible outcomes but i mean they still suffer from the same problem of that they have to come to some kind of conclusion. similar yeah. conclusion so ultimately the choices do have to follow some kind of structured path even though they're a little looser in this game than say others right yeah. mm-hmm. at the end of the day you can't get in a bus and drive off the mountain and go hang out in the prairies of Canada. Here's Why the, not? I did that, actually, in my playthrough. You just oh, yeah? did it wrong. That was a very hidden option. <laughs> you did it wrong. Speaking of playthroughs, then, during your first playthrough, what happened? Who ended up living? Who ended up dying? Okay, so when Nate and I played it, we had Sam that lived. Hell yeah. Mike died. Emily lived. And Ooh. Ashley? The girls? Yeah, I Just think those so. three? Yep. Jessica had died because Nate fucked that up earlier. And Good job. Except did. not literally. That's, yeah, true. Yep. We didn't even get her in. Actually, I think she took her coat off and that was it. Yeah, she's like, I'm uncomfortable. And we didn't get her wet like in the water or anything. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> so we should probably justify this. The reason they're scene. going to this cabin is to have sex. Like they're talking about having right. sex. Yeah. So it's almost like your Thank goal you for... in the game is to have sex with this girl. They're yeah. teenagers. Yeah. I've said. Yeah. <laughs> and she's shouting out the window, I'm going to have sex. Yes. Actually, so, yes. oh, that was a great scene. So depending on how you do. Mike and I are going to fuck. Your goal. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, lady. I don't really I hope it's as good right for now. you as it will be for us. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was really interesting because at, at least after that, like that part happened, that's when we looked at the trophies to figure out. You killed all the guys? What we could do or couldn't do. And then the part where you can kill Emily. That was pretty intense. Oh, yeah, that was great. Did you guys kill Emily? My favorite uh, scene. I that trophy, yeah, a little bit later. Yeah. I, I played through it with my girlfriend. I think the first person who died for us was Matt because I accidentally decided to kill that deer. Oh, I didn't oh, mean to. I thought terrible. we would just kind of push it away a little bit or something. I didn't think, I like, just poke hey, the deer. he's just going to take this axe Not and make brutally jerky. murder a deer. And I'm pretty sure, because I don't think I did anything else wrong. I, I thought that's what made Matt die, but it could have been some choice with Emily afterwards after talking to Brian. Wait, so did he not die on that cliff there? No, he doesn't die on the cliff. He just brutally murders oh. the heck out of a deer. And, and then, then he just were like, oh, no. I, I looked it up afterwards, you, and you it was like one of, the, one of the things that, that affects your stats is if you kill the deer, and if your stats are here or whatever, then you could get murdered as Matt. Yeah. Because I did jump off the thing. I didn't try to save Emily. Yeah, so Matt died, and then... Wow, respect. Ashley died because I was trying to help Jessica. She hears the voice, but it's actually one of the Wendigos mimicking yeah. her. So Apparently Ashley died. And Ashley was probably my favorite character, so I was upset about that. Like yep. you said, the only time that we actually yeah, hear them. At one point in the literature that you go through in the game, it says that the Wendigos used to be humans, so they're experts at mimicking their prey, but it doesn't yeah, ever show that them to the group. mimicking anything except for you hear Jessica <laughs> clearly call out for help, and it's not her at all. Right. Um, convenient plot device, possibly. Or maybe I'm just angry about killing off Ashley. <laughs> Who knows? Both. So then well, I killed Jessica. After she wakes up in the mines down there, I decided it would be a good idea to run where she was in no shape to run. So she, the Wendigo gets her. Right. And then I killed Mike 
in the cabin, I went and flipped the light switch, not thinking that he would be stupid enough to just stand around, but he was. Gotcha. So I killed mostly everyone, but I still enjoyed the hell out of it, and I went back immediately and saved a bunch of people. I never ended up saving my, Matt, because I didn't care about that guy. He was a worthless <laughs> Fuck character. Fuck that guy. Yeah. What, so, did, what did uh, Emily call him in the end scene? Something, something, douche sulk. nozzle. Oh, well, there was something sulk, too. The, something that was Meat douche sulk, yes. I remember douche nozzle. The Incredible Sulk. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because it rhymes with Hulk. It's a comic book character. So what was up with uh, Emily and Matt? Wait. What about oh, yeah. They Ryan were, they were like making out or something, right? Yep. No, they were just, they hugged. No, Emily was kissing another dude. She he, she didn't kiss him. They no, hugged. Yeah. They were ex-boyfriend girlfriends. Yeah, and Matt saw them talking and he got... Like, he freaked out. Very, yeah. You can as actually choose else. to let him see Matt see it or not. You it can was, try to conceal yeah. it. It was very suspicious because right after Mike jumped out and scared them, she was like, oh, I forgot something. I have, I have to go to talk to Sam. Go yeah. talk to Sam. Yeah. I have to go find Sam. So maybe she wasn't feeling Matt that much and wanted to try yeah. to reunite with Mike, but I think Mike was all about Jessica. I don't think yeah. that he... Okay, so my first playthrough, I screwed up Jessica. Giggity. She died. Then they make you believe Josh died. So I was all pissed because I was like, everybody's fucking dying in my game. So I was really pissed at the game. Rage quit. I almost, I, I didn't rage quit, but I almost was like, this game is not for me. Fuck this. But I continued what? with it. Well, because I was like, it didn't seem like I was doing anything. And it was all weird. Oh, you must pick. I'm like, I didn't feel like I had choices. And it was just, just like killing people off on me. He doesn't like friends of his dying. No, Weird. it was more that just That's like... That's my dream. I was like, oh, they Thanks. really give me... Oh, you did this and now they're dead. You don't have a chance to save yourself or something. But I continued with it and then you find out Josh, of course, is just faking it all. So then I was back into it because then it was just Jessica dead. I did fall in the same trap with Ashley. Though I knew Jessica was dead, I figured if I opened the thing, I would have to run away. I didn't figure they would just immediately kill her. But of course they did, so Ashley was dead. Josh died because I didn't have all the collectibles. And then I got to the end, and so Emily, Ashley, Chris, Sam, Mike are all in the lodge. Emily and Chris get out. Well, the first one was like, run to switch or save Mike. So I hit, I don't want, I don't want to blow everybody up, so I did save Mike. Then the next one's like, run or hide. And I was like, oh, okay, it means run away from the Wendigo. Not realizing it also meant run to switch. So I ran to switch and killed Mike. My first one was Sam, Emily, and Chris survived. I actually forgot in the mountain lodge in the mountains, I killed Sam because I couldn't hold the controller straight enough. So she died. Uh. And then I restarted and put the controller down. And then that's when I killed everybody else. Uh, But then eventually, yeah, later I... Cool. What's up next? Soundtrack by Jason Graves, the Dead Space guy. Okay, next. What? Wait. Yeah, so the guy that yep. did Dead Space. Uh, did Dead he, Space was score. he responsible for that horrible, horrible opening song, Oh Death? No, sir. There was actually what? another video in the bonus content that actually has Jason Graves talk about how he's do- yeah. like he's in Tennessee and he has his orchestra and he's, he's, he does all like the background music that you hear. Yeah, he's the like, score. I do horror score, music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah actually, he actually says, it. I've been on many horror games before and this was my favorite. But, yeah. Actually, yeah, the score was song. really good. It was creepy. Violins at jump scares and whatnot. The standard. Yeah. A good version of the standard. Even when it wasn't a jump scare or anything, just like while exploring around in the cabin or anywhere, it was just the ambient sounds that you would hear in that music. I think it did a really good job of making it like, yeah, tense and like chills go up your spine. It was, yeah, that was fun. I concur. Voice acting. How'd you guys feel about it? It was all just TV actors. I think it was pretty good. Yeah, they get a couple of... Quite good. 
Especially Decent. for a Heavy Rain style game. Yeah, oh yeah, especially was... comparing to Heavy Rain, it was yeah. very good. Good. The origami killer. <laughs> the origami killer. Brian, you want to talk about where in the game each person's moment of where you want to kill them Oh, the death, is. The death yes. potential? So, the first person who you can set up to die is Jessica in Chapter 4. So, the end of Chapter 3, she got pulled by the Wendigo through the window in the door. Beginning of Chapter 4, Mike is chasing after her, and you're presented right away with the choice of either going to the shortest path, or you can take the safe path and go around. If you take the safe path, you are too slow to get to Jessica, and she will die. <laughs> Next death would be Matt after the radio tower falls. That's a great scene. Um, that is. Emily is hanging on one of these railings, and you're Matt, and you can choose to either save her or jump to another ledge. If you choose to jump, you survive. If you try to save her, eventually you will not get to her, but you will still be on the side of the radio tower and you will get Plop. dragged by a Wendigo and slammed onto a hook through your jaw. That seems like a really weird decision, though, doesn't it? It is. And what, does Aver jump? And it's weird because if you do the thing to save him, Emily will hate you. And actually, even in the end scene, she'll say, yeah, that guy just left me there and jumped away to save himself. It's kind of weird because your choice to, to actually save Matt causes Emily and Matt fr some friction. That's and a good kind of I don't think want. being in a relationship with Emily would cause anyone friction, no matter how well it goes. My kind of friction. <sighs> yeah. Giggity. The next choice is Chris and Ashley when you're with faced of the choice of with the gun and the saws. If you're you are Chris and if you shoot Ashley, she will get pissed at you. It's blanks then, but uh, eventually two chapters later when Chris is running away from the Wendigo and is going to the building, Chris will ask Ashley to open the locked door for her. And if you tried to shoot her before, she will be pissed and not open the door and you get killed by the Wendigo. After that is Emily. Eventually, you're going through the mines. She will get bit. And then later on, Mike will have a choice to shoot her or not. So, yes, you can kill her with Mike. That, that one's it. the most straightforward, I think. Yeah. yeah. I also yeah. like how that's a literal target on her face where you can shoot her in the eyeball. Yeah. I also like how that the trophy for that one is Exorcism of Emily. I immediately thought it was a movie. You can get a trophy for either one. If you don't shoot her, you get a trophy. And if you do shoot her, which is kind of cool, I thought. Either way, yeah. I was like, movie reference. Exorcism of Emily, like Rose? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The next would be Josh, which is you don't play much. You have to find the diary of Hannah and how she ate Beth. And if you get that, then Sam will tell Josh and he will be aware that Hannah is a Wendigo and he will only get carried away. Otherwise, the Wendigo Hannah will squish his head. And the last two characters are Sam and Mike. They cannot die until the last chapter in the building. Sam can die, as Polly said, if you screw up one of the quick time events or the don't moves. And Mike can die if you either screw up one of the events or if you light the switch before he gets out. Excellent job. Steel trap on that one. I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about just the Wendigos in general. Yes. I think, well, so one, I thought it was really interesting For Nate and I had played this game and then shortly afterwards another we, podcast we played it the week of launch and we, I was yeah. like I've never heard the word Wendigo in my life which I thought was really weird but anyway yeah, Alberto was like I've seen every movie and every 10% <sighs> of all movies use the word Wendigo so then I got lectured about how and it, like it's the same things that are in Uncharted and sounded like the uh the Three Kings, isn't it Shadrach, Meshach and Wendigo <laughs> yes actually that's exactly right Well, thank you <laughs> So I was like, huh, I haven't really heard of this. I guess it's a thing. And then I think in the within the next seven calendar days, an excellent podcast called Lore, which is all about the supernatural, came out with an episode called 
It's episode 18, Hunger Pains, is all about the different origin stories of the Wendigo, which is like a native Well, not necessarily just thing. the Wendigo, but just like but cannibalism. And just yeah, like it the... originates from cannibalism. It's yeah. like the evil. If I were to eat Will right now, I'd be overcome with an evil spirit. I, I would become an evil spirit. The wind, I would become a Wendigo. Yeah, it definitely is a Native then, American. They actually, again, in, in another video in the game, they actually talk about that as well, where they go into the origin of how they research the Wendigo and how it really is a Native American thing. Maybe not the best, but probably still a very good reason not to eat somebody. Yeah. 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 Like, I they really wanna. believe the spirit. And, and there was, like, a whole, like... Long pig. ...story about this Native American... Uh, Long pork. ...guy in Canada, and, like, he had this family, and... <laughs> of like a wife and like six kids and he went out he was the only one to return and they were like what happened and he's like oh yeah all, all, they all died of, of starvation or something and and then they looked at him and he was really fit plump guy and they're like well what how did, how, Wait, what how did you you know What's like a fit plump guy very like stocky eating fat. a somebody who fat. somebody who <laughs> sorry you mean fat plump guy yeah it's a different it's a different vowel in there <laughs> somebody who definitely a did, before i except who, after c yeah going through something yep. whose family went through starvation should not be looking that healthy so turns out he ate all his family members yum, and then yum, their, yum, their yum. thing goes oh he was possessed he kept saying i'm possessed by the wendigo and they hung him for it for the third podcast in a row you should read seven eaves uh, can i finish harry potter first like 20 years behind schedule you should read seven eaves all right I, i'm not gonna explain that at all next on, on my <laughs> list there was a Wendigo in Marvel Comics too. Oh, which which what? series? He's that did big you? white guy. He fights the Hulk one time, I think, or something Whoa. like that. Oh, who who won? Do I need to ask? It's a stalemate. Oh, they're both just as strong as each other. He's That's a white cool. hairy dude guy with red eyes or something like that. Me too. All right, where were we? <laughs> where What's were, next? Where were we next? I'm a white hairy dude guy. I think that actually one thing that they also made me think of. Have you guys ever seen the movie The Descent? Yes. Yeah. You definitely played The Descent. I played The Descent one. <laughs> no, and you're talking two about Descent. Three. Yeah. Great games. Childhood favorites. They're, the animation that they did for the Wendigo and like, the sound effects were amazing. I cannot. They're pretty scary. They move real so fast. Give enough praise for that. Spider-like. I didn't even think of that. They also could sense movement, right? Or was it sound? No, movement. It was well, mo- I mean, movement and sound. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so those animations were really cool, but I thought the animations for most of the characters were complete trash. I think that's all... a strong... Yeah, that's complete yeah, trash. Too. Yeah, that's man. They were, like, high. jittering that's... around. The Particularly in the beginning, it, it felt like it got better throughout the game, but, like, in the... What? To me, it felt like they got better over the course of the game. Maybe that was me just getting used to this trashy animation. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, that, that's Jesus. completely possible. God. You know, it's the the lips were really weird and jittery, and it, it felt like the lip to voice sync was weird, and then the heads moved around all weird. It when when you saw the ghost sisters, they were kind of jittering around, and it looked perfect for them. Yeah. And it was the same kind of thing, like you were saying. The animations look good for kind of jerky and fast and right. sw- and crazy for the Wendigo, but on the re- rest of the people, when you're like, yeah, they, they didn't stuff, they get down weird. the subtlety of human emotion or anything like that. I don't think, but it's, it's almost interesting. Pretty good. When when you're sitting at the menu, so, uh, was it Polly that pointed out yeah. you can like use the thumbsticks to control where they're looking? Yep. And you're, it's really hard to have any specific precision. It's like it, it almost is like it's locking onto the D-pad axes because it looks like they kind of dart from position to position around the thumbstick motions you're making. <laughs> and it almost feels like 
when I when Will had mentioned his criticism about the animations in the game, I started watching a little more carefully, and it the jerkiness during your actual controlling the characters almost looks like it's a similar symptom where they made the sensitivity to like changing direction of the analog stick so high that they snap to make movement adjustments quickly. It's kind of like the opposite of the approach that Heavy Rain took, where in Heavy Rain it felt like if you wanted to turn a character around, you had to Everything like was smooth crank and... the thumbstick and just wait for them to slowly like tugboat around the corner of the hallway hmm. so it's it's i almost wonder if they sacrifice some of that smoothness for like a greater responsiveness it's possible yeah it's also they don't have an unlimited budget they're not a you know they're not a major studio this is i think they're is this right nate their first meet the real it's their the, first completely on their own on creative their own effort, as far yeah. as i can tell they've done little big planet 2 the little or kills on hd for the you know Vita. this is like a second part or party studio for sony uh, 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 don't forget the doctor who game they did I'm not going to yeah. criticize them for that. I mean, I've seen plenty of, of major studios have... Worse. Worse, yeah. I mean... Well, when you say, like, trash, I'm just curious. Yeah, that's, like, that's what are you like comparing trash? it to? Like, well, what kind of, of trash game do you looked, see moving The rest around? of the game, when the game was not moving, that thing looked beautiful. It looked like they did not put the same amount of care that they put in the models, the textures, the environment. Everything to make this thing look beautiful looked perfect, and then they totally skimped on the animations. So, Making things uh, moved can, around okay, was all like jittery and I can hear you so on skimping think, on the animation. But I they do totally have a budget Wait, so and the they rocks do have limited good? resources. They yes, they the can't. rocks are good in this game. <laughs> <laughs> the bricks nice. were amazing. Nice. nice. There, was a, Bump, there was one hallway where we stopped and we like put the flashlight against the bricks in the wall and you could see the dust in the air and the different gleams off yeah. the different things. Like... There was so much care given to that environment that to have them move around like robots just felt point. Uh, you are right. The animation wasn't great in that game, but overall it was a good-looking game. Yeah. It was choppy at times. Oh. The frame rate lagged sometimes and stuff like that. The animation wasn't superb, but I still think it, like, the characters were believable. It and exceeded my expectations I didn't think of the a voice, heavy rain. lip-to-voice lip ratio was that bad. I didn't notice that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this. It's not going to win awards, but I don't. I wasn't going in expecting it to. I mean, I think it might this wasn't. Can, nobody was coming in here saying. I mean, it had a nice look to it, but nobody was sitting here saying, oh "My God, this is the uh, the visual masterpiece of the century." It was a good-looking game. Yeah, it was just a, a good-looking game. I think that was adequate for. I mean, again, no, I think it's better. I, than I mean, that. Call, I mean, okay, I understand good what you're saying, What's but next? The totems. One thing that you're also looking through when you're going another through the game thing. is, yeah, so another, it, this definitely comes from Native American culture. So uh, there are more Northwest than five different totem types that you can find while playing the game. They are loss, death, danger, guidance, and fortune. Um, the Which are all pretty much death. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. But the nice thing is that they... Or how to avoid it. Right, like, yeah, so loss would show tragedies affecting friends, so not directly the person that you were playing as, but whoever you would, who would find it, it would show a tragedy of one of the other characters. Death was related to whoever was actually finding it. Did you look this somewhere? Yes. Did you figure this out? No, look this up. I would, I would not have figured this No, this is right. This is right. Cause yeah. I, no, I remember I'm, reading this. He might be right, but there's no well, way I got that. It from talks about it. It, it's it talks a menu about it thing game. in the prompt. Like, it says yeah. that all. And also, at the beginning, when you're Sam, chapter one, there's a, a placard right as you start, well, and that, you view it, and it tells you that same stuff. I remember yeah. seeing the, like, the names on top of the totems, but then you, like, see a guy bursting into flames, and you're like, okay, was that... So fortune yeah, or was that a fraction of a second clip of somebody possibly burning underneath <laughs> an exploding 
<laughs> an explosion. So now is that a fortune or is that a death or is that like? Yeah, well, what? it's what easier once you know the scene because a lot of times they will reference. Most of the times they will reference something that either hasn't happened yet or something that you don't know what really they're talking about. But once you've like played through the game and you're. Like, Oh, they're talking about, you know, they're showing a scene where Mike is lighting, you know, like shooting the gun and like the big explosion. Oh, well, that's a danger because he could potentially set himself right. on fire. But oh, okay, I let's, really let's that. break it down to the simplest one. The very first one, you grab the one, you see death and you see Hannah dying. Yes. What information, what good does are that you, information do now that you saw it? At the moment? It's not, it's not, that's, that was my confusion too. When the totem is not there to give you information to change how you're playing. It's just there to show you events. Yeah. Some, so of, them, some of them you, could help guide you. They can, yes. The guidance ones can actually help, but even those aren't that Yeah, there was help. like the... It was like, don't throw a squirrel, snowball at a squirrel. A squirrel. Like, and there was one like, duh. give the flare gun to Matt so we can find <laughs> Not it. life but, advice like, I needed. Do they... You, you still saw like a two-second clip, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So like, how did you were... see? Don't throw a s- because snowball at a squirrel in a two-second clip. Because it shows her not showing a snowball at a squirrel. It's showing you what you should. Do. <laughs> how do you not? How do you show somebody <laughs> not throwing a snowball? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I could videotape you right now. And you would not be throwing a snowball, right? What they do? Yes. What she they, has a snowball in her hand, and she sleeping. drops it. It's you will not... notice he is not throwing any snowballs. <laughs> yeah. In addition to the infinite other things he is not doing. She has a snowball in her hand. The clip is running, and you see the squirrel. The squ- it's a bird. I think it's a bird, actually. Or whatever. Whatever it was. And the bird lands on the table, <laughs> then leaves the table. Yeah. So it's telling you, hold the snowball. <laughs> and I remembered that once a bird landed on the table, and I was like, maybe I shouldn't throw this snowball at this bird because it might throw it, fly away. Or like something. there's other ones where... <laughs> maybe I shouldn't throw a snowball at this bird because I'm there's... not an asshole. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I didn't need that advice, but it I did. I saw it, it in did. the totem once. Yeah, that's the most... That's that I shouldn't drive over one. my But friends. they have better ones. Like the, I thought the totems were, were they dumb. They have the one like, where Chris has the I gun. I think they were better than other collectibles in other Ashley games. Ashley or uh, but himself. But that doesn't say anything. And he points the gun at himself, and then he puts it down without shooting. Yeah, to that was one I remember. Counterpoint, the shanties in Assassin's Creed are cooler. Did anybody else hate picking up the totems? It's like you have to grab it with R2. And then, like, and look then over it, I will turn it around. I was around. thinking I was Assassin's Creed 2 with the little... Four second clips of Adam yeah. and Eve running a. Uh, no, I thought the Creed same two. exact thing. Yeah, the the whole story or whatever. Yeah. Yep. The truth. Yep. So what other totems do we have, Alberto? So danger was just showing dangerous events that would be coming forward in the future. Guidance would be for helping, just anything to help guide you with a certain decision. And then fortune would show you anything about good luck. Uh, sorry, good fortunes or luck. So, Actually, I think the coolest like, part of that was it slowly building the events of the past movie. Yes. Yeah, that is cool. And so and that was actually one of the kind of like interesting things at first because when you find the totems, it doesn't build the movie in sequentially. Or, yeah, in sequentially. It would show you like little snippets and watching them as you find the totems was horrifying. Really fucked up at parts because there would be this clip where they're talking about people eating each other, but you don't get that context and you just see like a bunch of gore. And I was like, oh God. I'm going to have to watch this later. Yeah. Yeah, when you find all the totems, it shows you the past history of the stranger that you find, or one that, at least for the most of the game, you think is the one going around killing people. You find out kind of, like, his backstory and why he's there. So, I thought that was really cool. Why is he there, Alberto? To kill the Wendigo. And where did you get that mission? 
they don't handed remember. down for generations. Yeah, grandpappy. Grandpappy. Cool. He's waiting for a long time, and some girls show up on the mountain. Jesus, hot sauce, Christmas cake. Yes, I was wondering why you wrote that down. That was <laughs> there were the quite world? a few Mike say that random ass interjections in this game. Is that what someone said? Yes, yes. in the game that also had the dude get sh- scared when he was looking in the shower and he goes, "Ah, oh, fuck shit, fuck, fuck, fuck shit." Yes. <laughs> why did they also go? He Jesus, with a shower sauce? curtain. There's a good uh, egg corn. He said the fun egg corn I heard in this game. He was talking about. He said you went full mental jacket. Yes. Oh my god. Which is completely fitting. Yeah, yep. fun. Yeah. The dialogue in this game was really good, I thought. Yeah. I it was yeah. funny at times. It was terrible, but terrible in a good way. Like, it was like bad a, horror movie believe, terrible. Exactly. Like exactly. little teenagers. So yeah. yeah. It leveled it got the correct level of earnestness. How old were these kids? 12. They were supposed to be teenagers. Probably like high school age. No, like twenty. Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't think they were twenty, 20 year old teenagers. Nineteen. Yeah. I will say I will say when I did turn twenty, my dad called me, Hey, you're twenty and I was like, Fuck you. I didn't get the what? feeling that they were like teenagers. Like they were out of high school, right? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Were they supposed to be? I, I, I thought they were. But I, I, I almost feel like still in high school. Off the record, these were too hot to be high schoolers. Yeah. Well, not at my high school. But you look you know. at like, no, like Mike Grant was like, Ward. Mike that was like, like in his forties. Like, all the actors who played them were way older than. It depends on the character. Like, I think Mike who, seemed like an adult like male. Supposed to be. Yep. But Matt seemed like he could be in high school. Yep. I mean, Matt was wearing a Letterman jacket. What person out of high school is going to wear a Letterman jacket? Douche um, nozzle. Douche nozzle. <laughs> Definitely a douche nozzle. <laughs> you were talking about the dialogue and stuff. So again, another one of the, the clips they have, they, they talk about how the writing team... So it was actually written by this... So the guy who plays the... What do they call him? The stranger? You know, uh, we, yeah. we were yeah. calling him Billy Flamethrower guy yeah. or whatever. Flamethrower Bill. Bill. Gramps. Yeah. Flamethrower Bob. Bob. Gramps uh, is what Gramps. Mike refers to him as. You know, like he's Headless the... Joe. The Native American guy who was fighting Wendigo. Um, was he? Was he, he was Native, Native American. Or is like his ancestors. He was definitely Native. wearing a bunch of Native American sim- symbols and totems. I guess it's supposed to be like, his, like maybe his ancestors were Native American. Maybe it's like kind of like I, he's less I and think, less as it goes down. And he knew that the that Native Americans how. had the symbol for protection and that, those yeah. kinds of things. But I, I didn't get that. He was I don't Native know if he was. I don't know. Maybe he was partial. Like maybe like there so, they go whitewashing again. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So yeah, the guy who actually played him. It's actually the guy who wrote it. He has this little independent film studio in New York. The producers of Been Supermassive contacted him to write it. And him and his... He contacted this partner guy who has written a couple of horror games, and the two of them wrote it. Wait, what horror games? I fr- they didn't mention what games that the, the other guy has written on, but um, they it just mentioned that Beyond Two Souls and Heavy Rain. No, it definitely <laughs> was not David Cage. Uh, yes, I am David Cage. He looks almost exactly like how the, they make him look in the Wonder game. How they pick, including the fact that he's missing a tooth in the nice. top of his mouth, which was kind of interesting. Living in New York City can be rough, man. It's a certain kind of writer to write yourself into your own game or book. Yeah, the story but was pretty good. I thought it was, yeah. yeah and I thought I like, liked it. it was cool that they went to this kind of independent film indie. studio Very rather cool. than having it written in-house, as some a lot of game studios will do. And so they kind of tried to make it a more believable story. Did you guys like, know it was going to be a supernatural thing before you no. started? No. They advertised it as like a slasher. Completely, yeah. yeah. That's what even, I thought it was awesome. Even going until today, yeah. I still didn't know. Yeah. With yeah. the exception of... And, Something dragged her through the window. And the fact that it was Wendigo's, the lamest of the monsters, and the fact <laughs> that, like, it shouldn't have worked. Like, Uncharted kind of falls apart whenever supernatural stuff. But I thought it, they pulled it off pretty well. Even the supernatural stuff, the monsters were creepy. The story was 
Yeah, and they were creepy. R- yeah. There was a rich backstory and plot to it. It was pretty good. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, it was believable fiction. Yeah, I wonder how they found that film studio. It's very cool. I don't know where they... they uh, apparently, he's... I mean, he's done a... I mean, he must have seen... Somebody must have, I guess, in Supermaster, must have seen one of their films they've done. Um, but yeah, they contacted him. I thought it was a pretty good write-up. And I thought it was a good idea to get kind of a, a studio that's done independent films in the horror right. genre. So they're more adept at writing something that may be more kind of believable. Yeah, that's cool. Rather than trying to get people in a game studio to write dialogue and a fleshed-out story. Those was a... Mentioned about pumpkins. Oh, oh, so I played this game right before the week, week leading up to Halloween, and started it a couple weeks ago. But when oh. I turned it on this week, I got a little pop up that said, "Hey, look for these pumpkins!" And there were pumpkins with butterfly carvings glittered throughout the world. I probably saw three or four of them as I was. You saw around. them? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. There were like any pumpkins. So what happens when Did you, you see them? They were like you die. Apparently, it was some viral marketing thing where they wanted people to post their pumpkin pictures on Facebook or whatever. Right. But so that's it? You don't there was, anything? There was like nothing. Anything? No. It wasn't interactive in any way. They were just hidden in the scene. Right. So they afterwards put in pumpkins for Halloween into the Pretty world. much. Right. Like the one, the first one I can remember seeing is when she's going, she went down and found Beth and Hannah and then came back up mm-hmm. and there were beams going up to the rafters and it was kind of sitting on in the the in joint, the yeah, between the beam and the. I'm not a structural engineer. What else we got? <laughs> we haven't talked about who each of our favorite characters is. Ooh. Mm. So, oh, Nate. Let's 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 start with you. It's Chris, isn't it? Chris. Chris. I thought Chris was. I was like, dang, he's really handsome. And then everybody's like, kind of looks like you a little bit. And I was like, oh, really? And I like ran into the bathroom. And then I like wait. No, what? No. <laughs> no. He just looked at me. He needed. So nice. So, God, I am handsome. God, I look like Chris. I'm going to need right now. No. I went into the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I was like, hmm, maybe I should get the fact that I can't actually see the clock's digits across the room checked out. I need some glasses. Yep. Sam was really, I really like Ashley. Ashley was cool. I called her Smashly because she got smashed through a window. Wait, wrong character. That's the wrong anyway, character. Yeah, just, yeah, I just call her bartender. I know good. Smashly because she gets me smashed. How about you, Brian? Hmm, that's tough. I kind of liked most of the characters for some reason or another. I mean, I hated them for some reason or another as well, but there were some things I kind of liked about each of them. I guess if I had to pick one that I would like the best, I guess it would have been Sam because I, she was cool. I hated her, her the least. Like, she... <laughs> Well, meaning that she did things Chris. to annoy me the least. Me of... There was all the other characters that I liked certain parts of them, but then they would do something really like, oh, fuck that. Um, but <laughs> you Sam... sound like an old grumpy grandpa <laughs> gamer. <laughs> but Sam fuck was that. actually, Stupid I thought, pretty good. Games. Like I thought her character stayed pretty true throughout, and I thought she, she had just enough of the kind of believability of, like, I'm going to make it through this and be brave, but I'm also honest and loyal, and I care about... So, like, I, you know, she was kind of all around the best, I thought. How about you, Polly? She was probably the best. Depends on what you mean by who you like, the, the, what character you like the most. I think I might have liked Emily because she was such an awesome bitch. Like, yeah, um, she did play a good bitch. She, that was the best bitch I've seen in media in a very, very long time. Uh, I hated her from the moment I saw her, but that's why I like <laughs> the character so much, if that makes any sense. I yeah, think totally. she was the hardest to kill because you really had to 
physically shoot her, which is kind of interesting. I think I would have to go also with Sam. Badoop boop. I don't know. I just like she seemed more of a character who you could decide to not be a pansy if you didn't want to be. When she heard something, when she's talking with Josh, you can choose to go and actually investigate. And she didn't seem scared about it. She's just like, I'm going to go check this out. I'm going to go kick some ass. I'm going to kick some ass in the bath towel. Well, this was before she was in the bath towel. Okay, well, that also happened. And after. And while she was in the bath towel, too. That's true. That's true, yeah. But yeah, so Sam. Uh, yeah, me too. She was the hero of the game. Cheerleader. Yeah, quite a few outfit changes for the women, but not too many for the men. Yeah, I would have liked yeah. to see Chris with a little less clothes on. So you could Nate? Because he looks... <laughs> <laughs> Stop! Stop! <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I almost regret sharing something. Urban Dictionary uh, that, guys, if you're if you're curious yeah, about it. Yeah, just a little Ugh. context. Urban All Dictionary, right. Nate. Don't Nate it. I don't think we discussed how bad that opening song was Who enough. Who did you hate the most? <laughs> Who did you hate the most? Oh, Emily. Oh, come on. Don't say Jess. I kind of want There's to. There's only one uh, right answer. I think I kind of want to, too. I kind of want to say Jessica. I kind of do, too. Uh, she was kind of a, I annoying. But Emily was such a... a like, I'm sorry, undesirable like, character. I felt like it got pushed past the. I just don't like. I mean, I didn't like. Emily I don't see either, much value in an archetype that strong. What's the bad guy's name? Josh. Josh Smiley. Oh yeah, Josh. The only right answer is Matt. He's so How do you dull. Feel sorry and for who Josh. Could possibly like, care oh about. God, you're in right. The head, man. You're right, dude. Matt. Matt is like a dull, and Matt, everything yeah. he says is this like. Un, he's an unremarkable. He's he is a woodworking crew member for sure. You know those people at parties who don't do anything and they just exist there on the periphery just kind of adding to the body count? The woodworking crew. <laughs> well, That's Matt. <laughs> well, if, if, those, right. if those woodworking crew were yeah. at the party, it would look like a pretty so fucking empty party. party. There would just our be one person in the middle of the listenership chatting with another All of our listeners now. <laughs> Why? We had, we had this really big woodworker following for, for a time. And crap, well, that was our to. woman following <laughs> and our woodworking crew following. We've just alienated our whole audience. If you are the woodworking crew, you are very valuable. We need to put a thing in the beginning. The following views expressed in this podcast are not endorsed by Emotive Pixels Podcast. <laughs> yeah, we don't believe any of this stuff. The We're just making it up. The yeah. following comments by Nate Stevens are not endorsed by Emotive Pixels Podcast. That's all I got on my list, actually. The thing that has been brought up on other gaming media podcasts is that how Sony kind of dropped the ball with this game in terms of like, it at all. Yes, they they didn't that kind of they didn't know what they had, and that originally they didn't think I guess it was going to do as well as the kind of sales numbers eventually showed. And I was just wondering how you guys thought. Did you think that this get, if we weren't say if we weren't going to do a podcast for this, was this something you were interested in, or did this something that caught you off guard when people started saying like, oh, you got to check this game out? The first time that I saw the trailer, I was like done playing that game. Like, yeah, you brought this up a long time ago, yeah. and we looked it up, and I was like, oh, that's Hayden Panettiere. I, I, I didn't think about it again until So, Will, would you have played crazy. this game if we Probably didn't have not. No. No. Do you regret that level well, of we'll indifference later. now looking back? Uh, I mean, I guess we'll summarize it later, but yeah, it's just kind of interesting if you... If you no, I know. I, I, like, I think felt... it was better than I was expecting. Cool. I was definitely interested in playing this game. It's This is the kind of game that doesn't require a lot of effort out of you. It's just fun and not very thoughtful. And I like that. I don't have to think too much playing this game. Okay. Like, it's just a fun evening rental, just like The Order was. I always tend to play games like that. I feel like it adds to my gaming background easily with Except a minimal effort. Except you didn't effort. want to play through any of the 
quick time events. You're like, oh shit, this is too stressful. Nope, nope, nope. Well, yeah, you're playing this one. Yeah, I don't like stress very much, <laughs> as evidenced by my life. It wasn't my the... life. <laughs> <laughs> so there wasn't uh, a difficulty meter or a choice or anything on this, right? No. Like, no, no. You no, either do like it or you that. don't. Yeah, yeah there's no, like there that. was no like easy hard medium. Thank God. Really? Yeah. If there were. Like baby mode, you wouldn't have done that? No. I, I see why you're asking, now that I reacted so condescendingly <laughs> and scathingly. This is a streamlined, like, simple game. You just, you're playing it for the story. There's some collectibles thrown in there, whatever. This isn't a story that you can... What would the no difficulty have I'm done? Saying. More button well, prompts? Looking or at you have to hold the, hold the controller more still? Longer, I guess? I, actually, I think that that would have been kind of cool, like... Heavy Rain is exactly, exactly this. Exactly. Exa Heavy Rain's got three difficulty levels, and you only have to press square instead of square. Try and try and so, go square. So, what bothers me about difficulty... You're, you're right, that does make sense, and that would be interesting, is I just always hate that in order to feel like you've completed a game, you have to beat it on normal, and then you can unlock the hardest, and then you beat it on that, and it's kind of like, okay, I don't want any of that bullshit. Right. There's like, definitely people like that, and I understand that very much. A, a lot of games, it's like especially people like down you almost it's like oh you didn't play it on the hardest so you didn't play the game yeah. you, didn't, you know but it's like so what you're saying is you're a fan just... of less choices in games yeah. <laughs> there you go this is just the type well, of game that guy this is <laughs> I'm not acknowledging that this is the type of game that just I think is beautiful for its simplicity in that sense so I was um, so I did think Sony really dropped the ball I was kind of interested in this game since it was a yeah since like three or four years ago when this was a PS3 move game and I've been waiting for this game. I thought I really do think Sony really dropped the ball because this was such a game that you would have thought they the Why way didn't they released this at Halloween. Exactly, like they released it in August because I don't really don't think they thought anything of it. I think they really just thought it was going to come and go, and it was just like I'll oh, release it whenever, and they didn't want to get in the way of, of like more of the holidays. And but like now it's like yeah, they realize like wow, this Fallout Four. This, you can get a Halloween bump, but yeah, that's true. If you're but did they market it all around Halloween? Bump. No, they didn't. That's the thing. They didn't even make like a second push. No. I know that it, never happens, but they didn't. I mean, they didn't. I, I, really I just randomly they... played the game and saw the oh hey there are pumpkins here. Yeah, they really like that's totally did. a community event. You could have. I don't think if you were outside of interested yeah. in the game, you would or playing the game, you would have known about any kind of push like oh. So pumpkins. this is just a game that did well because it kind of went viral. Yeah, and I think that people just realized, like, oh, hey, this was something kind of interesting and kind of cool. That so Sony has they... YouTube to thank, basically. Yeah, and, and just, the, and just yeah. the fact that, like, hey, this kind of genre looks like it'll Reviews work. Were all and, good. You know, yeah. like, oh, super massive yeah. is onto something. What they about, like, the... do this, like, kind of almost a, what about, like, the filthy quick casuals? thing? I mean, these things are, it's a quick game, probably, to um, uh, compared to, like, other... You said bigger... it was around since the PS3 move time, right? Yeah, so but it was... can't be quick. But that's because they been through a lot of iterations, but... it. Because it was originally meant as a move game with all the motion controls, and it was a completely different story. They scrapped it. Then they moved to PS4. As we talked about earlier, it is a very pretty-looking game. It is the, cool for the most yeah. part. Well, they had the, they definitely took time that like, much character with environment that much environment like that, detail takes time too. Yeah, but yeah, I thought they, it was. How about you, Paul? I absolutely would have played this game because I like all horror games and I really like the other genre that this takes a lot from. I don't know what the name of the genre is, but Heavy Rain. Uh, yeah, the interactive drama Fahrenheit games, yeah. That, yeah, um, Fahrenheit was very cool and that's why I think Sony could be under understood for not marketing the hell out of this game because it was a horror game first off that not a lot of people get into and second off it was a heavy rain game that a lot of people hate so yeah. nothing about this game was attractive I don't think for marketing it probably shouldn't have done so well it just turns out it's a better 
I think it like I really like Heavy Rain too, but it's a better Heavy Rain game than Heavy Rain, and it's a fun, scary game that's not too scary where I you Careful, have to shut you it make off. Alberto cry. Hey, hey, like hey. it doesn't take much. It's it's a jump scary game and it is creepy, but it's it, it tones it down just enough so like I think anybody can get through this game without being like PT is a terrifying game, you know. Yeah, it is. Like, oh my god, I was. know people who have turned it off and I never thought was. about PT? starting Past it again. Past tense. It surprised. I think it surprised reviewers. It surprised Sony. It surprised oh, yeah, everybody. Like it's, it turned out to be a really good game. Good job, guys. You know. Mm-hmm. I think part of that is once you've played it and like get into that kind of where we are now you have a play and a half's worth of understanding about how the game works once you come at it from that angle you'd be like oh this is a straightforward corridor walk down the corridor and get to the end of the story kind of thing but when you first go into it and your first blush at it is like oh there's 5,000 choices and anything I do is changing things yeah. it's that how would initial you what would a 30 second commercial for this game be like I think the whole thing, the whole the, what's they, the audience? The really? horror, I mean, I think notion uh, of like the psychopath, you throw and it around somebody's face, <gasps> you know, and then a. I mean, I think how. What about butterfly wings? <laughs> sounds psycho. I mean, I think the the marketing was actually pretty good because they marketed yeah. it as a slasher horror flick. But they did it at thing. the wrong time. Like they released this in August. Did it fail though? Like, I mean, no. is this an unsuccessful yeah. game? Maybe no, but it's not successful work. because of the marketing and because of Sony's push. It's successful. Uh, successful. Successful. Yeah. Successful because, because it's a good game. Yes, the game stands on its own. It's not because of. I don't. I, I really do believe that Sony didn't know what they had, and they were surprised by how well it. What I'm saying is, I can understand them. Like I said, it's a horror game. It's interactive. The like, other piece drama. is, yeah, true. If you spent twice as much money and the exact same amount of people would have played it. They, yep. c- they could have just had the like opening scene, the two scenes with guns in them or whatever. Like, <laughs> they've been, like shooting this zombie, shooting that zombie, you know? Totally looks like an over the shoulder shooter. <laughs> and it probably yeah. would have made the game suck more because it would have gotten yeah, like, rid of the, all the, the mystery of that. Yeah. Bro, but, but I mean, I, you would think a, a, 10 out of 10. a company like Sony would. Here's the, here's the thing. Maybe it was the case their, of. Their first second would know. They knew that the people that this would appeal to would largely be aware of it or be exposed to channels where they would become aware of it like podcasts or YouTube maybe really what was surprising is the size of that specific audience so maybe they made a calculated decision not to market it based on the fact that you could really like Will said they could really have spent that money on part- recouping some of this game's costs from its l- really lengthy development time and then yeah. you think this was a twitchable game? Oh, yeah, very much. Yeah, so. definitely. You look at yeah, Twitch. I, I really is more, I wanted to Twitch this. Twitch is like their top this. ten. <laughs> no, 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 no. Make a couple of money. We heard their top ten streamed games. We heard Polly say earlier that he twitched so much he had to put the controller down. <laughs> oh, damn. Hey, Lamau. No, really, mean, top ten? Well, I mean, at least of what they show on their front page. I don't know if it's actually. I mean, of their current stuff. Like, still now? Yeah. Whoa! Like, I was watching horror games in general. Do really good in yes, Twitch. I don't though. know if it's because of Halloween or because you don't want to do it yourself. Yeah, people yeah. don't want to play them. They'd rather watch other people get scared by games. That's why horror games do so well on it. Amnesia. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Might be interesting to see some scared PewDiePie. The one story bit that drove me crazy, which we kind of figured out a little bit later, or at, at the last two minutes of the game is all these people were in this giant cabin with the power out the whole fucking time. What is wrong with these people? Yeah. <laughs> like, I would have been out two minutes into that. No, nope, no power? See ya. Yeah. <laughs> Later. There's, there's a point in the game, too, where it's like, oh, we could just stay in this basement all night and be safe. And he's like, 
uh, Josh might have the keys, so instead Maybe. I'm going to go get them. Yeah, that was to the, dumb. To, yeah. I was like, you should just but stay there with the door barricaded. Before, oh, that's the part where it becomes the first-person shooter with the shotgun yeah. in the corner. But, it, but again, it's a horror movie, so you have to make bad decisions, yeah. you know, or else it wouldn't have been Yeah, fun. I wonder how much of that is them just running out of story or versus them making fun of the whole horror genre. And it the, could be a commentary on it. Don't know if they're that sophisticated enough to do it that way, but it could be. Rude. I mean, well, I think that it was very much tailored after what you would see in a typical teen horror film, because I'm pretty sure that in that scene, he says, he's basically like, I'm going to save us, which is stereotypical of what you see with like some guy who thinks that he knows what he's doing in a movie and he ends up usually dying. I mean, it's easy to criticize, too. It, 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 when he decides that it is right after, he almost shoots his ex-girlfriend yeah. in the face, and maybe he's like... I can't stay down here anymore or something like that. I mean, you could, there could be plenty of plot devices to keep the game going instead of just, oh, well, we're locked in a basement now. Everybody's good. (laughs) All right, bye. Um, When we kind of talked about it later, because we just flipped the lights on, I was like, what, 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 how the fuck did that happen? And you guys like, oh, well, you know, it was Josh that had the power off the whole time. I was like, that is about the most fucked up thing that Josh did the whole time. <laughs> Somebody's afraid of the dark. Got it. Like, fuck that, man. <laughs> but if you think about it, it was kind of smart because you didn't want the lights on anyway so the Wendigos wouldn't see what's but going on. But he didn't know. Like, Josh didn't know about the Wendigos there. So, like, no. that's what makes it even more fucked up. But it's that's like... what I mean. Like, but it actually ended up maybe benefiting them to a degree that the power wasn't, uh, like, being not on. The well, way. I mean, also, like, the Wendigos didn't, whether there was light or not, the Wendigos wouldn't have seen Ah, yes, the Wendigo. They were attracted to electromagnetic fields. All right. Well, I guess we'll just go with ratings. I guess I'll go first. Yeah. So I loved. I was very much wanting to play this game the moment that I saw it. I don't do as Nate can attest by first person real horror games. I was a pansy when it came to Dead Space. Um. So I was very was. I've been mean to go back and finish it. Whatever (laughs) is. Things keep coming up. Yeah, who do? <laughs> like anything else I can find. <laughs> I loved how much it did give me an adrenaline rush when things would pop out. I do wish that there were fewer of jump scares where all of a sudden it was quiet and then bam! But again, like you see that in movies all the time. It's cheap scare thrill rather than just something being very creepy, which I think I got most of when I was exploring where... That the music I would I need to get the music actually I loved the first opening one Oh Death hearing that song at the end of the game was awesome and at the beginning but (laughs) okay Alberta liked songs got it (laughs) shut up no but I would definitely recommend it to anybody it's not too difficult of controls or anything so if you're trying to play a fun game with some people it's it's great. You don't have to have played games for a long time to enjoy it. I actually recommended this to a passenger in Lyft tonight. Saying, oh my god, did you? Yeah, he said he hasn't played video games in a long time. And I was like, like, since when? He goes, I remember playing the first Halo. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I think you should play. You should start with something simple. Maybe there's a game called Until Dawn. Pick that up. And he goes, okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, and just, you know, like run out and buy a $400 system. Yeah, I was going to say, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We talked about wanting to pick, he's like, I kind of wanted to pick up a console, but I haven't, you know, I just haven't figured out where to start. And I was like, try Until Dawn. Given plot, everything else involved, I would probably give this game, I'm going to go with a eight and a half. What would, what would have gotten it a nine? Besides Emily dying sooner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... 
I enjoyed it, but I don't like watching those kinds of movies in this when it's characters that are kind of annoying if it was yeah, maybe yeah. like an older cast yeah I, I without with that. the stereotypical high school thing i probably would have liked this game a lot more sure um, sure i want to see those geriatrics get their comeuppance <laughs> no we're not making you this into a scooby-doo the corn fan <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> brian what do you give it See. So for me, so I really like this game. I, like I said kind of earlier, I was going in really super excited, and then the weird events in the middle where Jessica died, and then it looked like Josh was dying. So it looked like I was kind of at the point I was at that point I was kind of like uh, I don't know about this game anymore, and I was ready to give up on it. And then all of a sudden, it threw that twist of that good twist when you get the Josh reveal. And the gun choice again with Chris, so I was really brought back in. And overall, at the end, I thought that was a good, a good way to have the story because it was totally marketed as this Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween esque game where you have the you know the psycho who's stalking everybody, and then it turns out it's more of this supernatural uh, Native American legend. I thought that was really good. Yeah, I mean, this game was highly. Highly recommended. Yeah, I'm looking forward to them seeing what they do next. Uh, I think they have something going here. They do. They have and something they, planned. We and forgot if to somebody's talk about smart, this. they will bring them into a fold of, of you know, second party to, studio. Yeah, and starting to really do these games. And, you know, it has a, it, it was a much better feel of that style of like the heavy rain style where you have these button presses. And it worked in the horror genre really well. From what I understand, it's been announced that Supermassive is working on a DLC, a standalone yeah, DLC. VR Festival on of, rails. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, only for the PlayStation VR. It's like a f- on-rails zombie shooter. It's not really yeah, related to the game. I, I don't like that's that. Sounds t- like it could be fun. That's so totally screams of. Is it going to be Matt had, in a hallway? They had some kind as of. As long like, as it's not Matt, I'll be into it. To- they had some kind of like thing they came up with, just like some kind of quick VR thing that they were working on and they're like oh we need something for to capitalize on until done success so let's throw maybe this out. but the alternative is it's much better than a DLC that's like oh wait but I mean is this even really they a go DLC? back to the house it's a it's, you're in a right, it's roller coaster just, it's like festival Liter- of you're literally on rails literally right. yeah I understand <laughs> like I don't understand how, how this VR is going to work at first or I, a roller coaster uh, minecart probably. It's a minecart, but it's like roller coaster s where you're on this rails and it goes like up yeah. and through. But it just yeah, I'm like how does that even fit in with the actual game? Like they're well, calling it the... DLC, but is it, like it okay, doesn't well, seem like. Let's not nitpick the details. The Festival of Blood for Infamous was a DLC, and it was not really related. All of a sudden, everyone was. A... What was that? Vampires or was that zombies? It was vampires, right, Alberto? With yeah. Festival of Blood, yeah. it was taking a not yeah. scary game and making a scary DLC for it. Whereas right. this is a scary game and more scary. Well, so instead of mo- modifying the tone, this is modifying the core mechanic. Yeah. I'm still excited just because I'm excited for VR. Like, I'll, I'll play it. Yeah. Could be good. Could be cheap cash in. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think this is a better exclusive than a Sunset Overdrive? No. Oh, in- wait, really? Ooh, I don't, I don't think... I don't know. So I think it is logically because there's not many other games like this. There's I, plenty of other... I think there's a lot more buzz from this game than Sunset Overdrive. Mm-hmm. No way. Positive buzz. Really? I think yeah, I've heard everybody. that too. It was on like every podcast for like two months. I heard people talk about on it did fall in a weird time window, but still people found the time to mention it. I don't know if which doesn't I don't know sound if it's positive, easy but it to felt compare the two. So Sunset Overdrive was a holiday game that was a typical insomniac game. This was a super massive. People weren't really sure what to expect out of it. It was a horror genre. I don't think that was a tip. Well, I guess considering they're 
That's an long history. It was a typical insomniac game, a but typical, after resistance, like, if you had to compare them, at least from my point of view, since it Overdrive, I think was was more important to the Xbox than Until Dawn is to the PlayStation Four, but. Until Dawn probably was more successful only just because I think PlayStation 4 has way more reach than Xbox. I really, really liked this game. Like I said earlier, I think it was... I, I liked the interactive drama type. Heavy Rain, Fahrenheit, even Beyond Two Souls. Oh! Oh! Uh, sorry, guys. Thank God I didn't But uh, this game, game did those mechanics better than that somehow. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly I can put my finger on why. Alberto's your new biggest fan. Yeah, he's, he's making heart <laughs> motions towards me right now. I've and, been alone this entire time. And that's the part where I got gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's cool. It's cool. But no, I, I really, really liked the game. thought the, the characters were likable. The whole game was just enjoyable. It's a shorter six or seven hour game, which is I'm thankful for at this point in my life where working and who has time to play 40 hour games really oh, hopefully man. come on man the game, hopefully video the game, game could in the 40th hour don't you understand that <laughs> at least get through the tutorial <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, was, it was a fun ride I got to play through it with my girlfriend as I said I like horror games a lot and it was a good time of year for it I mean it came out before Halloween but it came out you know so weird Plus <laughs> enough to put it off if you wanted yeah, yeah enough time to like the only thing I feel bad about kind of I would like to give the developers money but i totally red boxed it because this is such an easily red boxable game like yeah rent it a rentable game i should say i guess but who rents it anymore yeah no totally yeah yeah i mean you can play this in six to eight hours complete it and get the whole story and there's not much replayability and you it's not the kind of game where you even need the whole story like playing through one time in this game can be like a powerful thing like because then you could talk to somebody else about what ending you get that's super cool thing yeah Yeah. yeah. so i i really liked it and then you know most of the jump scares and all the stuff like will was saying before then you just go point a to point b kind of replaying through it is fun i I don't think you can replay through it more than maybe two times or something like that unless you're really trying to get trophies but um so maybe like 14 hours out of it which is tough for $60 purchase but yeah $40 maybe or something like that Mm -hmm. if i didn't already play through it then yeah I wouldn't feel bad about spending that on it. But yeah, I would probably give it a four out of five. Whoa. Oh, he's doing the five out of five. Five point that scale. Is eight oh. out of ten. Ten, to ten for is our too many numbers. More IQ level. Oh, we got the math thing down now. <laughs> I know. I added a fifth brain cell recently. It was an expensive <laughs> surgery, but it was totally worth it. Other than the song Oh Death, which was completely awful. Who was that by? Was that in house? I don't know. Definitely created for the game. It wasn't like a, they took it. It reminded me of like some a guy, cheesy some song that you would hear on the Sons of Anarchy show of some sort. Like when they do a bad cover of a classic song or something like that. <laughs> and naming a song from a horror game, Oh Death. Yeah, I just thought it was really cheesy and not good. But other than that, the game was great. Excellent. Well, is it you or me? Go ahead, Will. I want to I hear yeah, Will. Yeah, I, I want to know. So that way we can at least have Nate to give us some cheerful Suspense news at the end. Suspense is killing us. <laughs> Negative three. <laughs> I give this Out game. of 10,000. <laughs> I thought one of the things that was really cool about this game was how well it worked as a, a group activity, a spectator thing. Almost it's... like a couple of us played with our girlfriends and significant others. Um, it really worked. You okay with it? No, sorry. <laughs> thinking about how far away in my life that is. You did play it, you with, did a play it with your significant other. other. Oh, Alberto! Got it. Wow. <laughs> That's <this>. fair. <laughs> I'm cool with that. So I'm that- not. I am dating up, but only when he has a beard. 
<laughs> I hate you so much right now. I'm kidding. So this game was really built well for that, and there were things like the quick time events to kind of keep you in it a little bit, but not really not force like you to, yeah. not invasive. The choices, most of the choices, you could spend as much time as you wanted to sit and think about it. So unlike The Walking Dead, where like everything in that choice was one, two, three, really quick, what I got to figure out what I'm doing, a lot of them in this game were, hey, what do you think we should pick? You know, yeah. which what path do you think this is going to take us on? Should I be a dick or should I comfort her? It really worked well as a couch group game. I came into this really expecting Heavy Rain 2.0, and I was very happy to see that this thing worked way better than Heavy Rain. The first and biggest thing for me was the pacing in this game. It always felt like I was doing something, even in those rare occasions where I was walking down the wrong path to see if there was anything at the end of this tunnel. It felt like those things were over in 20-30 seconds, and I was back on versus looking in every corner of a mall to see if I could find Jason. Jason! Jason. <laughs> Your limited enthusiasm is noted. I liked the game. With... <laughs> <laughs> With the exception of the anima- animations, which really got on my nerves, I felt like the rest of the game looked really well, and... Even though most of the choice was just the perception of choice, was an actual choice, it really did feel like that was a, a cool, interesting way to go through the story. Overall, surprising to me, I was generally very much a fan of this game. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Oh, like did you see how hard it was for him to say that? Like, Whoa! he choked on the words Whoa! and everything. He's like, scored higher than me with something that was close to heavy rain. Game of the year, apparently. Holy crap. I was going to say, <laughs> this was is this Mel's game of the year? That was way better than that thing. Oh, nice. Damn. That, that was a wild card. Wow. That was a wild card and a half. Uh, me going last is going to be kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I saw this game and obviously I had to play it with Alberto. I was a big fan of Fahrenheit when I played it way back in the day. I thought that was really cool and kind of amazing at the time. I liked Heavy Rain a lot, but I think a lot of my enjoyment of that game came out of being able to play it with Alberto. We lived together at the time. So, yeah, games like this just, it's like a, it's a valuable friend activity for me with Alberto. So it's fun. Oh, and I thought about the opening question, actually. I gave it some thought, and I realized that Amnesia and Soma are definitely my favorite horror properties, even more than Dead Space. Thinking about all that nonsense, this game was pretty fun, and I guess it kind of bothered me how archetypical the characters felt, but that it wasn't really to the game's detriment. It it actually worked well with the, like I said before, kind of the appropriate level of earnestness the game took itself with. That just was not something that I personally got really excited about, especially characters like Emily or Matt. Or I was pretty lukewarm on this game overall, but I had a great experience playing it, so I would give it... A 7 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Surprise, surprise. Sorry, that was a very incoherent set of (sighs) thoughts. But it was... The company was fun. I think you're right about playing it in a group, though. That is definitely... It's almost like how Uncharted was advertised as... It's like a movie you could just watch somebody else playing. Yeah. Yeah. This is more... Except this one was. Uncharted 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 didn't really work like that. that. Yeah. Uncharted is as long as you take out the entire game. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This brings us to the end of another awesome episode of the Emotive Pixels podcast. 
If you want more from us, you can find us on iTunes and at our webpage, www.emotivepixelspodcast.com. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash emotivepixels, or follow us on Twitter at emotivepixels. And as always, keep, keep on, on playing. playing.